0: Fifteen minutes. Well, five of them are already gone. So, the very quickly this morning, I'd like to take us uh, to Mark's gospel and just very, very quickly to just glean a couple of things there, which I hope might help you this morning. My title this morning—we've mentioned it a couple of times—is "Great Expect." Expectations, Great expectations. I know that Charles Dickens got there before me. Uh, all I can promise is that this message won't be as long as the book. Uh, and so, but I do think that, that as we move into a new season, that God wants to renew our expectation. I think some of us, as we come into this season, may be a little bit jaded from the past one, that for the last two years, we've gone through life as we've not experienced it before. Perhaps, I don't think any of us, have. And it feels like having come through COVID, we are now into the challenge of some sort of cost of living uh, crisis and all of that. The the news seems constantly to be quite negative, but yet I believe that the people of God are supposed to be people of expectation. We cannot allow the 10 o'clock news on the BBC uh, to determine how we feel about God and how we feel about life. And this is an amazing time for us as the church to radiate his hope into the world and that's more than optimism because optimism is shallow but hope that's filled with the hope of Jesus Christ is powerful so I'd love us to do that so if you could just quickly look in your Bible I'll go and get mine because it's quite helpful to have it when you're preaching uh, there it is I, I've hidden it um, okay let we go So it's Mark chapter five. Uh, Jesus is out ministering to people. He's out um, just walking with his disciples and there's a great crowd that gathers around him. Uh, A synagogue ruler called Jairus comes to him and says, "Uh, Jesus, Lord, please. And he kneels down and he begs Jesus, will you come and heal my little daughter? She's only 12 and she's critically ill. She's gonna die. Please come and put your hand on her. And so as Jesus is moving in that direction, as he's going to Jairus' home, And many of you will know this story very well. A lady comes and she presses through the crowd uh, because she needs Jesus. So it says here in Mark chapter 5, verse 24, we'll start to read there. A large crowd followed and gathered around him, that him is Jesus, I will be healed she'd seen some other people get healed and she thought if I can just touch him I'm going to get healed that's faith immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering wow what a amazing experience that must have been 12 years and she knows that she's healed At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. That's interesting too. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the uh, the people crowding around you, his disciple answered. And yet you can ask, who touched you or who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. See the grace in Jesus? Daughter. She was expecting a good telling off. But he says to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And be freed from your suffering. In other words, he elevated that lady, didn't he? In the presence of everybody else. And that's what Jesus does. He elevates the lowly and the broken. Some people have a conception of God that, that He is, he's a stern, quite unpleasant kind of character, and yet we see in Jesus the complete opposite and we know that if you want to see God or know what God looks like, you look at Jesus and Jesus went around restoring and elevating people that were broken and humble and and restoring and healing them and and I guess that's what we've been called to do in our community, isn't it? That we as a church, as a a gathering of God's people and we know we're broken as well and, and we've got our faults and our failings but by the grace of God, he wants to use us to elevate broken people. And that's what you've been doing over so many years in this church and I commend you for it. And and we're not going to stop doing that uh, in the years to come. I don't know how it will look going forward, but but we're still going to do that because that's the mission of Jesus Christ and uh, we want to serve him. And I just feel this morning that God wants to to increase our expectation. And that's all I really want to say to you this morning is, are you expecting for what God is going to do in this new season and, and it's not are you expecting that Dave and Liz are going to be awesome and going to be the best things ever uh, that you can that's a good expectation to have but that's an unhealthy expectation in times because they're they they are only human like all of us and they'll have their strengths and their weaknesses uh, but but my question is not are you expecting them what they're going to do but what God is going to do amongst you in this new season Because I do think that God meets us at the point of our expectation. I believe that that day when Jesus was out walking, there were a lot of people. It says on a number of occasions there was a large crowd. And in the Greek, that really means there was a lot of people. There was a large crowd. And there were a lot of people. I don't think that was the only lady that was sick. I don't know that, but I'm expecting you get any large group of people uh, t- together, and there's not only going to just be one person that's sick. And this was a, 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 a community that didn't have the health resources that we have today. We bemoan at times perhaps our limited health resources, or we feel they're limited. They are amazing compared with what people here. I think it's not beyond the bounds of possibility to, to to recognize and admit that there were lots of people in the environment of Jesus that day that maybe heard the stories of this great healer they may not have realised he was God but they knew that this guy was special and yet only one we have a record of apart from Jairus who pushed through for somebody else only him and this lady who doesn't even have a name in the Bible anyway, she did have a name, but we don't know it. But she was expectant. She was seeing, hey, look, this Jesus is here. He's in my hometown. I don't know if he's going to come back again. I'm going to make the most. If I could just touch him, I'd be healed. She had expectation. And I believe that first step to to expectation, and what does expectation mean? Well, expectation, excuse me a second, is defined in the dictionary as having or sharing an excited feeling that something is about to happen, especially something good. See, our God is a good God. And I think sometimes we can get a bit discouraged in life or disappointed in life and it causes our expectation levels to diminish. But I want to declare to you today that God is a good God and he has good things in store for his children. He does say in the Bible, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future and that's what God is. And we have to ensure that we're expectant, that we're not just going, well, okay, if God wants to bless me, he knows where I am. He's got my phone number. He's even better at Dave than remembering phone numbers. But, but, you know, we can be like that. Well, God, bless me if you want I believe that that's not the right posture of heart. That God blesses those who are hungry and thirsty. Is it Matthew chapter five, verse six? Says, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled." There's, we are to be a hungry church, not because it's almost lunchtime but we're to be hungry for the things of God We're We'll be hungry for the presence of God. I think you hear that in Dave, don't you? Right there when he shared about the beginning of his ministry, back in Plymouth, when he was a youth pastor and you experienced something. He said, he's, what he said, I've been spoiled for anything else. In other words, I've tasted of the goodness of God and I just want more and I want to see that. And, and I think it's okay to have that expectation and that is not just oh well well you know get over it dave calm down you know that was a you know no we're going yes dave i want to see that too um, and not only for me so that we can experience great meetings but but this community can experience a great god and that they can get to know him so I believe that first I've got three things and they're going to be really quick because I've only got two and a half minutes left so the first one is the first way to increase expectation is expectation begins with desperation for more and I wonder whether in Elim churches and I'm not talking to this one but but whether we need a greater degree of desperation we can talk about the good days of the past but I think God's going well I want to do a new thing uh, but I need a people that are hungry that are not just coming to church just to take a seat to kind of Uh, listen to the uh, worship and engage with that and then listen to the sermon and all of that and then go home and have lunch. I think we're supposed to be a people that are desperate for more of God, that, that, that we hunger and thirst after him because those are the kind of people like this lady, and we won't talk any more about her, but she was expectant for something. She was expecting this is my Jesus, or this is Jesus. I'm going to touch him, if I can just touch him, because she didn't feel worthy enough to engage him in conversation because she was broken uh, and, um, and really on the fringes of society. But she pushed through and just, if I could just touch him. And it, literally, the touching is the hem of his garment. If I could just get down low enough and, and touch him... I will be healed. She was healed. Amazing. Number two, expectation leads to action. And we've said that already. But we've got to do something. It's okay to say, yeah, I'm really, really expectant. But what are we going to do with that expectation? It will translate into action if it's real expectation. I was a part of a church many, many years ago before coming into ministry. Uh, in, our, in our 20s, I think it was. Gosh, I was that old once, uh, a long time ago, and, and I remember uh, being in church, and we used to pray in our prayer meetings for a great moves of God, and all that sort of stuff like we all pray for, and one day, I forget how it happened, but there was this thought, or this, I think it might have been almost like a prophetic word of some kind, where, where we had this challenge that we're praying all these prayers, but, but what are you doing to prepare for the answer? And he said, we were praying for loads of people in our community to get saved, but we, we weren't really preparing a course that would be able to help them and disciple them. So sometimes, actually, when we pray, God's not so impressed with our prayers, but, but what he's looking for is our faith, our action. And and I just feel that, that that's what God wants to do, that you can have expectation, but it's got to move to action. We've got to go and take some steps of faith. I think like Dave and Liz are doing, they're stepping out in faith, going, it would have been easy to stay where they were. But yet they're believing and stepping into, I believe into what God wants them to do in this season. So faith and actions, expectation and actions move together. And finally, number three, and it does show that I can preach in almost ten minutes. Uh, is is that true expectation spreads to others. You notice there's an expectation, going back to Dave's mention about his grandchildren. I almost got through a sermon this morning without mentioning my grandson who was born last year. But what I noticed was that when Amy, our daughter, announced that she was expecting that everybody got expectant with her. Not literally, but we began to get excited about the prospect of our first grandchild. And do you know who the most expectant was apart from our daughter? It was... My wife, she was really excited and still is excited. And she's got a thousand photographs that she would be more than happy to talk you through uh, of our and little video clips and everything uh, to do with him. But she got excited and others did in that, you know, and even if you weren't really excited about it, you soon were excited about it because Helen would make sure that you were excited about it. And I mean that, but there's some truth in it. But you know, the expectation begins to impact others, doesn't it? You either go with it or it either excites you or repels you really. But I do wonder whether that, that's what God wants to do here. Even today, my prayer as I've been thinking about this service, I can't do it. Dave and Liz can't do it. Martin can do it. James can do it. Tony can do it. Anybody else can do it. We're not capable. We can maybe inspire a little bit, but we're not talking about this. We want the expectation of God to come today and to touch us as a church. Wouldn't that be great? So I wonder, would you stand? And then I'll hand back to Martin in a minute, but let me just pray if you'll allow me. And I'm gonna pray that God would grant you the gift of expectation and if you don't want it then you can sort of say no in your heart right now okay but and nobody will know but others you might go yes and some of you might even think actually do you know what I have lost something I, I don't burn with that same passion for Jesus as I did I become disappointed or I feel like I become a little bit apathetic or maybe even cynical because all those things can kill Uh, passion and expectation, that sense of cynicism, apathy, or disappointment. Maybe you feel like, oh, I was expecting once, but it didn't work out. I pray this morning that God will just help you to resolve that and to get over that because he has got great days ahead for you as individuals and you as a church if you'll only push through and seek him. Don't wait for him to come but show him your hunger. Let's be a church that presses in for the more of God. So Lord, thank you for this great congregation. Thank you for the amazing stuff that they've done here over the years, for all the lives that have been changed. And we give you thanks and praise for every single one of them. And Lord, we're not in any way disappointed with the past, but, but Lord, we are seeking you for more. We're saying, Lord, would you uh, birth something today? Lord, Lord, we pray that there might be something deposited by the Spirit in our hearts today, in our human hearts, in our human spirits that will bring life uh, to the promises of God for us as individuals and for us as our church. I pray that this church will be increasingly expectant about what you're going to do in this city Uh, in this community, and in this nation. Father, we need a fresh move of your spirit, not just here, but across our land. And so, Father, we're praying today, would you cause us not to go to sleep, but to wake up, to rise up as the army of God and embrace all that you have for us. Lord, we are hungry for you, but make us more hungry. And would you bless this congregation? Would you pour out your spirit? Would you draw people into this uh, church? From across this city, we pray that it will become even more a place of salvation, of healing, of hope. And like the lady that you elevated, you healed her, you restored her, you completely transformed her. We pray that there'll be many men and women just like her that will come into this place and will see their lives completely changed and transformed by your amazing grace and your unfathomable love. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.